So we're going to hopefully squeeze in two separate lectures today and hopefully guilt your son to come to a third. So we're going to do a big fact day today. Um, overcoming self-doubt. Uh, one of the best cover photos I ever saw was with Kelly Slater, who's a world-famous surfer. And in the cover photo, it had a little comment that said something to the effect of happiness starts here, and it was right on his forehead. Or in other words, right between your ears is where happiness is. And then I, when reviewing what I wanted to talk to you about today, I remembered a lecture that you gave a long time ago that I've looked for and I could never find. So hopefully we can recreate it today. Uh, basically, overcoming self-doubt. Um, there's something in the Tanya that says, and you're going to say much better than me, that once self-doubt creeps in, you don't just bury it, but you talk to it like an individual and convince it to work with you for your goals? Okay. Uh, the Tanya is actually talking about the evil inclination or the animal soul, which is probably the source of self-doubt. And in the olden days, traditionally, when negative thoughts, bad thoughts, unholy thoughts uh, arose, the response was to ignore it, deny it, or hate it. This is disgusting, this is whatever. Um, it didn't work so well. Because the thoughts have a life of their own, and you can't just ignore them, and you can't just scream them away. You have to get that side of your personality to cooperate. So you have to reason your way to the right conclusion. You can't stubborn your way to it. So what do you say to self-doubt? What reasonable argument? So a number of things. First of all, the, the maybe doubts, but what if, but maybe, how do we know for sure? Right? The maybe can be dismissed rationally on the grounds that it doesn't lead anywhere. Any suspicion, any maybe that doesn't lead anywhere is not valid. It's useless. It's pointless. So if you can't resolve the maybe, then don't entertain it because it's not going anywhere. But let's be more specific. Let's use an example, right? Uh, you go in for a listing and self-doubt creeps in that maybe you don't want this listing or this business, or maybe you're going to get it. It's going to be too big for you to handle, or maybe it needs an investment and you're afraid you're, all these maybes creep in, right? Now, reasonably, you're supposed to say to that maybe, hey, all these maybes are unreasonable, but there is, in the moment, they are reasonable and they are real, and you feel them and you... There are reasonable maybes, but then there are unreasonable ones. So the ones that can be resolved, you know, that demand a certain action, and once you take that action or once you find out a piece of information, the maybe is gone. That's a reasonable one. The unreasonable one is, 
Maybe there's no God. Yeah? All right. Maybe. <laughs> what do you want to do with that? So maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Where are you going with this? Maybe your mother's not really your mother. Where are you going with this? But if you have a reasonable doubt, like, I can't extend my business right now because it will overwhelm. All right, that's a good question. It's not even a doubt. That's a question that needs to be answered. You need more information. You need something, right? So, so doubt, the word doubt itself is a, is a poison because it's not a reasonable study. It's not a pursuit. It's just crippling. Maybe not. Maybe I can't. That's got to go. And from childhood, from young age, we need to teach our kids this. Because they're always like, well, maybe not. Maybe yes. Maybe you don't go there. You don't do that to yourself. So it's not a doubt that's crippling us. It's a lack of confidence. If you don't have confidence in yourself, that's not because of doubt. It's because to do this demands certain qualities, and you don't think you have that. And, um, do you want what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Yeah. <laughs> so we can dispense with doubts. In fact, if we never have another doubt in your life, you'll be fine. Doubt is not necessary for success. It's not necessary for life. It's not necessary. That's why King David says, teach your mouth to say, I don't know. Which means, instead of saying, I doubt, say, I'm sure that I don't know. I just don't know. And that's for sure. So, life is made up of knowledge and ignorance. You know and you don't know. But doubt? What is that? That's neither here nor there. So, we talked about unreasonable doubt. And that should be dismissed as unreasonable and move on. We talk about reasonable doubt, and you got to just say compartmentalize. Right now, I'm going into the meeting. I've decided that my business can handle it, even though it's going to be a stretch. And I'll deal with it like I dealt with it before and after. But right now, i got to be present for the meeting. What about the doubt that's in the middle? I'm fat, therefore I don't deserve it. My mom says, I'm not a good person. My business manager, dad, uncle, employee said, I don't deserve this. What about those type of doubts? Yeah. So for, I wouldn't call those doubts. Okay. I would call that a bad impression, a bad opinion, a poor opinion of yourself and so on. We got we to gotta get our, our orientation uh, aligned properly. We don't succeed on our own virtue. Because as King Solomon said, for everything there is chance, there is mazel. Some people succeed and they don't even know what they're doing. And some people know exactly what they're doing and they can't seem to get it off the ground. So we have to know right up front, any endeavor you engage in, if God is not there to give you the success, nothing is going to help. Nothing. It's always God-given because there's always chance. So when a person says, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm really qualified to do this job. Yeah, you're probably not. But go ahead and do it. Because you're not alone. There are other factors. So a person who feels eminently qualified is in danger. 
you're a little too sure of yourself. You're a little too... So to get rid of this crippling negative self-image, don't fight it. You know, I'm not that smart. I'm not that good. I'm not that capable. I'm not that organized. Yeah, we all know that. That shouldn't stop you from doing what's good and proper and useful and helpful. And will you succeed on, on the force of your own personality and, and, and ability? No. That's only a small part of it. So I think the person who is really powerful, who really has a high self-image and who really thinks he knows what he's doing, is going to fail. He's going to cripple himself. Because sooner or later, he's going to run up against something that his talents don't qualify him for, and he has no way. He doesn't know how to handle that. So as long as he's on top of things, he's fine. As soon as he meets something bigger than himself, he's finished. So we're much safer to know right up front, it's not our own wisdom that's going to make us successful, although we have to try. You know, be smart, as smart as you can. But that's not the final, the final decisive uh, issue. Like the Mishnah says, don't be like an oak tree, strong, firm, confident, because sooner or later there's going to come a wind that's going to knock you over. But if you're a sapling, flexible, no wind can destroy you, no storm can destroy you, you'll bend and you'll bend back. So if you stay flexible, you have a better chance of succeeding, particularly riding out the storms. So now I want to get a little bit more specific. A person is about to go into a big presentation or to close a big deal. Uh, as they're putting on makeup or getting dressed to go to the big meeting or as they're outside about to go in, self-doubt or fear. Fear, okay, creeps in. I don't deserve it. I'm fat. I'm ugly. Whatever the, I got the justifiable ones and I got the unjustifiable. The ones that have no, I think they're in place to most people in childhood because of whatever factors. Does that person... Talk to, what the practical thing, does he verbalize, okay, I hear my brain now saying and saying what the brain says and then calm the brain down? Yeah. So talk to yourself. You're outside the door and, well, it's not you, but hey, first. Anybody, anybody. <laughs> yeah, so the thought is this. Uh, I'm fat. There are fatter people. They've succeeded. I'm not very bright. Not the dumbest guy in the world. Dumber guys than me have succeeded. So after I have to tell yourself when you're getting married, <laughs> like you're going to be a good husband. So well, dumber people have succeeded. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to argue that I'm smart. I'm not going to argue that I'm capable. I'm not going to argue that I'm thin if I'm not thin. But so what? Since when do fat people not get rich? I don't deserve it. True. Nobody deserves it. God is kind. He gave you life for free. Everything you got until now came for free. He'll give you this too. So of an actual conversation with your inner demon or your SRA is how you suggest to overcome it. Not just bury and say, I'm not fat. I am good looking. Actually give in to it. I am overweight. But there are fatter people who are made money. Yeah. I don't deserve it. You're right. I don't deserve life. I don't deserve many of the blessings I have. And all these 
high-powered people I'm going into a meeting to? They don't deserve it either. <laughs> How did they get there? Mazel. They had good fortune. So, if God gives me good fortune, I'll have it too. Um, you've now gone into consultation a little bit, one-on-one. -on -one. Um, what is your feeling about mentorship, psychology, psychotherapy, coaching, that general self-help ideas? Just in, what is your feelings about that? I'm not, I'm not professional. I wasn't trained. But just um, intuitively, every person has a healthy dimension, a healthy side to them. Some things block that healthy part. Now, you can fight your way through it, argue your way through it, or therapy your way through it. Or you can simply give the healthy side of yourself the opportunity to express itself. So don't follow a formula. I'm not going to give you 10 easy steps, you know, to get to wherever you have to go. Let your healthy side breathe, and good things will happen. Without becoming smug, without becoming overly ambitious and, and uh, greedy and maybe even cruel, succeeding at the expense of others, you don't need that. Let your healthy side breathe, and good things will happen. A psychologist friend of mine once told me that there's a misconception in society that the crazy people go to psychologists when the truth is only the really strong go to psychologists because it takes tremendous strength to face your inner limitations. And to ask for help. And do you agree with that? Yeah. So you yeah look, there are some people who go for therapy when they're desperate. They're at the end of the rope. That's, that's first aid. That's not even therapy. That's just that's just mouth to mouth resuscitation, and 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 that's life saving. It really is. The rest of the stuff you really need to have a little wisdom, a little common sense, a little goodness of spirit. And in most cases, if you're talking about a healthy person, all he needs is to think out loud, and he'll answer his own questions. Or a psychologist, one of his main jobs is to ask the right questions for him to come to his own decisions. I'm at the well of information and people are waiting outside, but one more question, if I may. I spoke to a rabbi, a dear friend of mine, Avi Berman, hopefully we'll post his mentorship lunch as well. And he explained the concept of financial abundance and making more money as God is the giver of all money and God's ability to give is infinite. And if you're not receiving enough blessings, whatever they be, money, love, support, the more connected you are to God, the more blessings will come. He talked about like a water spigot and turning up the water spigot more and more. And one of the best mechanisms to turn on that spigot is through prayer, because prayer gets you closer to God. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Would you say your thoughts about that, please? Uh, we've actually been touching on this. The recognition that success comes from above not from my machinations, not from my tricks and from my, from my gimmicks. It comes from above. 
and it is determined based on some divine principle that we're not even aware of. It's like technically it's decided on Rosh Hashanah how much you're going to make this year. So the question is, how do we access that account? Because God has set aside a certain amount of blessings and success for you. Will you access that account? Or will it stay locked up for next year? <laughs> so how do, you, how do you access the account? In the recognition, the trust, the belief that God will provide, because He always has, and if I need more, He'll provide more. That confidence and that trust opens up the account. But if you're determined to make it work according to your schemes, well, good luck. Then you have no you have no access to the account. So go make your own money. See how well that goes. So basically, it's the absolute confidence that deserving or non-deserving, we are very blessed. Whatever we have came for free. Nobody deserves life. There's no such thing. Nobody deserves health. Nobody deserves wealth. So if we're going to have it, it's going to come for free. I saw this cute little sign. It's a really interesting thought. In, in this Girl Scout camp where we were conducting Beis Chana, there was a little embroidered sign on the wall, and it said, Wisdom is seeing a beautiful sunset and knowing who to thank. So when you do succeed, will you know who to thank? Do you know where you're getting this cash from? Who your ATM is? <laughs> if you know where it's coming from, you're connected. And the more connected, the wider the channel and the greater the flow. Um, I said one more, but I have one more. We talked about how to role play when you're outside the door and fears come in. There's another role play I'd like to do. Um, you had a very, very long day. The house is finally quiet. It's been a stressful day. And you go eat junk food as a reward. Or you've had a really, really horrible day. And you've skipped a meal. And you go to junk food to give you a pep. Both of them, not as unhealthy as Coke, but unhealthy. Is that an inner dialogue as well? What would that dialogue be? Well, firstly, the dialogue should not happen when you're sitting at the table hungry. Too late. Too late. Don't, don't pick a fight when, when you have no chance of winning. That dialogue should happen the next morning. When you're calm, when you're thinking straight, you tell yourself what you're going to eat for dinner. But when you're sitting at the table fighting that food sitting in front of you, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. So by verbalizing your goals in the morning is how you beat the inclination at night? Whether it's the morning, night, whether it's the day before to the, for, the day, for the next day, but premeditated, not in crisis mode. So once you're sitting there in a bad mood and you need to, whatever, reward yourself with, that's not a good time to fight. So by meditating or goal planning in the morning, it will give you that strength at night. Much better. 
genuinely love you, Rabbi. <laughs> We're going to let the people in. 